Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yes, Kristen. Remember that one time we wrote a book together? It was called How to Be Fine, What We Learned from Living by the Rules of 50 Self-Help Books? Uh, I super remember that. I also remember that we were going to have a big book launch party at the legendary Strand Bookstore in New York, and that we were also putting together a national book tour to celebrate. I remember that. Yeah, but then sadly, we could not do any of those things because good old COVID shut the whole world down. Mm -hmm. But do you know what else I remember, Kristen? I remember the virtual book launch party that the amazing Ann Bogle threw for us and for little baby How to Be Fine back in March. Oh, yes. It was so dreamy. I just wish that all of our listeners could have been there. Due to technology issues, the party had to be capped at 500 people. Well, guess what? Your wish is about to come true, Kristen. Ooh, it is? Uh, you better believe it, because I'm Jolenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. Your life is going down the drain. You're in so much pain. You need some help. Ooh, self-help. By the book, by the book. By the book, by the book, by the book. That's right. 
We're about to let all of you out there have a little taste of the virtual book launch party that Ann Bogle, the host of the podcast, What Should I Read Next?, through for us back when our book, How to Be Fine, came out in March. Yes, we had such a good time. The party opened with Jolenta reading an excerpt from the book. Jolenta, do you want to recreate that moment for everyone right now by reading that same excerpt? Yes, totally. So what I'm about to read is a chapter called What You Should Know About Jolenta. And we start the book with two chapters that introduce ourselves. And this is mine. So here goes. What you should know about Jolenta. When I was a tender, mouth-breathing five-year-old, I started kindergarten. On my first day, I brought with me a box of tissues. Each kindergartner was tasked with bringing in a box of tissues on the first day, and the boxes were supposed to live in our cubbies and be at our disposal for all of our snot needs throughout the year. Come pick up time on my first day, my mother and my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Marshall, watched in confusion as my tiny hands struggled to jam my tissue box back in my little neon pink backpack. I was clearly planning on taking my tissues home, while all around me my classmates were leaving their tissues in their cubbies without giving them a second thought. You can leave those in your cubby, Mrs. Marshall explained. They'll be safe here and waiting for you every day. Yeah, right, I thought. I am not going to leave my stuff in a strange room all night, not on my watch. I kept packing up and responded with a meek, I'm okay, as I zipped up my bag and indicated I was ready to hit the road by pulling on my mom's coat. Mrs. Marshall and my mom exchanged amused glances and, through muffled laughter, concluded that I'd leave my tissues at school once I felt ready. This ritual continued every day. Every morning, I'd unpack my tissue box, lovingly leaving it in my cubby, and every afternoon, I'd pack my tissues up and take them home for the night, while my mom and teacher chuckled and reminded me I was free to leave them at school permanently when I was ready. And boom, one day, after two weeks, it happened. I was ready. I'd sussed out the situation, figured out the rules for myself, and decided it was finally time to trust in the system. This is one of my mom's favorite stories about me because it perfectly encapsulates my idiosyncrasies. I'm always two weeks behind. I'm always catching up on life. I'm always just a few beats behind all of life's prescribed normal milestones, getting to them a bit later than everyone else, whether it's getting comfortable leaving my tissues at school, having my first kiss, falling in love, getting a real job. I'm always running behind. My proclivity for being two weeks behind in life has followed me for the past 30-odd years, and it's why I became obsessed with self-help. During my teenage years, I discovered that tons of people have written all sorts of rule books about how to live. I knew if I could read them all and implement all of their rules, I could catch up to everyone else and finally stop worrying about being behind in life. As an adult, I dabbled in self-help, reading the occasional book and watching the occasional inspirational internet video. But when one of my four part-time jobs landed me in a newsroom at a radio station, things got real. I was in charge of going through all the books sent to the show I worked on, and we got sent many self-help books that no one wanted, except me. I wanted them all. Each new self-help book I'd open was a beautifully bound bundle of promises of happiness, productivity, success, all the things I desperately wanted. Each book I opened was basically saying, come on, Jolenta, I'll fix you. You don't want to be two weeks behind forever, do you? No, I did not. 
So I took all the books, called my friend and coworker Kristen, and told her we were going to start a project for which we'd strictly live by the rules of the different self-help books I'd been collecting. Kristen is the kind of friend who is so on top of her life that it's infuriating. She's the anti-me. She's the friend you go to when you need advice on all things adult. Whether you have questions about real estate lawyers or how to deal with estranged family members, Kristen has your answer. She doesn't need fixing like me, and that's why I knew she'd be my perfect self-help partner. She'd keep me accountable and serve as a sort of control group since she was the one who wasn't perpetually trying to catch up. If the books could enhance both of our lives, they worked for real. And that's how our podcast, By the Book, was born. Timing, work friendships, and a lifetime of being two weeks behind all came together to create an experiment in living by the rules of self-help books for, you guessed it, two weeks at a time. Hooray, Jolenta. Yay, Jolenta. I love that opening essay you wrote so much. Thank you. It's nothing compared to all your essays. Oh, no, stop it. It's nothing compared to all of my essays or your essays. Or hold on here. Wait. I'm talking in circles. It's great. Jolenta, the point is, it is great. And it's a great way to open the book. And um, I'm just... I'm just so proud of you for all of the writing that you did in this book because you told me up front you were nervous about it, but it is just great writing. You did a fantastic job. You're fantastic. You did a great job. Wait, we got to stop being nice to each other. We've heard in our reviews people do not like it when we compliment each other too much, Kristen. We have to move on. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take a quick little break, but when we return, we're going to play some audio from our book party. People had all sorts of questions. They chatted to Anne, and Anne posed them to us. We'll hear those questions right after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. We are back with a virtual version of our virtual How to Be Fine book launch party that Ann Bogle threw for us back in March. Yes. And of course, one of our favorite parts of the party was when people chatted in questions. People would write in the questions and would read them to us and we would answer for all y'all. 
So here is some of that for you all to listen to. The people have questions. First of all, how long have you all been friends and where did you hook up? Oh gosh. Has it been like seven years, Joland? We met in, I think I started that job in 2012. Eight years we've been friends. Yeah. We were both working at a news station. I was the culture producer and the film critic and uh, Jolenta was, uh, I was the part-time administrative assistant. No, I was also going to say, she also did the, this episode is brought to you by the blank foundation. Oh, right. I the did human foundation is here for you. So, so Jolenta's always had a beautiful voice and does, you know, the, um, sponsorship spots and she was doing the admin work, all the calendars, the scheduling and so on. And, um, because it was a hard news show, Almost everybody else was talking about what was happening on Capitol Hill or in war zones or about really important, heavy hitting government news all the time. No one was talking about what was on Bravo last night. Except for us. Well, that was yeah. hard for me. Except <laughs> Kristen. Or like, who had seen Frozen? Kristen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Jolent and I definitely hit it off. You know, I would mention something about you know, married at first sight and she would know what I was talking about. I'd be the only one. (laughs) I'd pop up over the cubicles and we would connect. Yes. Yes. So you found your people. I love it. Janice wants to know, how has your friendship evolved as a result of doing the shows together? I just feel like you've become like, as opposed to a friend, like a partner. Like I treat you the way I treat my husband. Oh, that's totally true. We're totally work wives. You know, like I feel like I navigate the relationship. Like it's like a full partnership as opposed to like, I'm going to go hang out with my friend where it's like, I have to like, remember how Kristen likes to hear things. (laughs) And you know, like all of that's true. It's very fun. Yes. All of that's true. I love it. Now a question from Rebecca who says, hello. First, I want to thank you for the podcast. I discovered you shortly before my partner deployed and going through the back catalog while he was gone. made me feel way less lonely. Thanks for that, Rebecca. So it's beautiful. She says, like like many people, she's curious about your writing process. And she says, you two have such distinct voices in the show, but they come together cohesively. So how did you transition that over to the written word? How did you manage co-writing? What was the process of merging your two voices on paper like, as opposed to in audio? Um, Should I tell them our secret, Jolenta? Yeah, you can. Okay. So here's a secret about the making of by the book. We work in a Google doc during the two weeks that we live by self-help books. And we don't look at what the other person is writing in her half of the Google doc. Um, We don't look at or listen to each other's audio diaries. We don't do any of that until the day we show up in studio to record the episode. And we kind of copied that when we wrote our book. Jolenta wrote her portions. I wrote mine. And once the book was almost finalized, then we looked back and forth at each other's pages to see, oh, uh, is there a continuity error here? Did I mention Jolenta's experience enough here? Or did I mention it too much because she already mentioned it in another chapter? We're just like, who introduced a book that we live by first? If I'm the first one, Kristen has to remember to like, reference the chapter it was brought up in when she mentions it later on in the books. So those sort of like logistical things. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, we were able to um, take what we learned from making by the book and apply it to writing our book. So Nancy is curious about your process of determining the steps for each individual book on the show. How do you take a text and boil it down to its key components of advice? It's hard. It's hard. I mean, we basically, we take the book, we try to do a pretty academic read 
um, in about a day or two and then come together into the script, sort of write the steps together and see if we agree. Sometimes we each put our own versions in the script to be like, this is what I thought the book was saying to do. And then we'll sort of cross-reference. And usually it ends up pretty similar. Sometimes it's a wild mess depending on the books and how many steps are actually prescribed and how do we boil you know, the 50 steps and getting things done into an actionable like two week program that still is is you know adhering to the book enough yeah and one thing i do want to note though um we are reading so closely so if you look at a copy of a book that we read there's 800 dog-eared corners there's post-it notes there's highlights we take the reading process very seriously and um some listeners may be surprised to know We never make up anything. Every once in a while, people will write to us and say, you made that up. That wasn't in the book. That book is my Bible. I love that book. Marie Kondo would never tell us to do that. And we can find the exact page and passage where Marie Kondo does tell us to dry our dishes on the fire escape because that's how closely we read each book. So um, we never make up anything. Okay. A a couple questions like this. Um, So we told everybody, you don't have to have read the book to come. We're glad you're here. What's the general format? structure of the book and how did you figure out what that was going to even be? We basically based the the structure of the book um, on the questions we get the most when people say they want us to sort of distill the information we've been messing around with for the past few years, which is what are the things that tend to always work when they pop up? What are the things that you have found are totally bogus? And then a question we think we don't get asked enough which is what do you think is being left out by the industry that like maybe we rely on to get by day by day, but isn't highlighted. And so that's basically our book is three sections, what worked, what didn't, and what we wish more books would talk about. And then uh, we had a pretty solid idea of like the different themes that popped up. So we just sort of wrote them down underneath uh, the main, the main sort of, three chunks. And then based on preference, we sort of divvied it up and, and then uh, covered all the things we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lots of questions about individual books, but here, let me ask you this. So if an alternate life were way down the road, you did a buy the book episode about how to be fine. What might that be like? Oh my God. That's such a meta effed up question. I love it. <laughs> I, I guess we would have to live by the section, um, the third section of the book, what we wish more self-help books included. And what worked, right? Um, yeah, but we kind of already lived by all those things. Yeah, I guess right? that's true. Yeah. So we'd have to do what we wish more books talked about, I think. Yeah. That would be the most exciting. Yeah. And then we would have to, you know, walk the talk and see like, oh, we wish all these books included this. Why don't they include it? Okay. Now we have to live by it and see if it works. Like go to a psychiatrist, go to a therapist, like check in with yourself, do things like that. (laughs) Speaking of leaving things out, Ellen asks, do you have a favorite story or funny memory from this process that didn't make it into the finished book? Oh my gosh. We have so many stories. I mean, uh, I do like Jolenta can set this a little bit in our book and she mentions it a little bit in the episode, but in the art of dying well, 
Jolenta oh. did not want to live by this book. I don't think I gave enough credit to my to my fight in that chapter. <laughs> or you did, yeah. Emails, text messages, phone calls, repeatedly Jolenta being like, I don't think that this book is applicable to anyone. Or this book is, she would come up with a lot of different- She spent a solid week. <laughs> Every day she'd get a different form of communication with a different excuse as to why like we could not conceivably live by this book. And it ended up being one of the episodes I'm most proud of. It's beautiful that transformation in Jolenta from being so afraid of even saying the word death to by the end, thinking about what she wants her final moments alive to be. It it becomes just a beautiful journey. And I love that episode so much, even though Jolenta dragged her feet the most in it, her story is just the best thing in that episode. It is so good. Okay. Now's a good time for this anonymous question. What was the most important thing for you all when writing the book in terms of what readers would get out of it and what you really wanted to feel like you were putting out in the world? For me, the most important thing was to make clear that Jolenta and I are not trying to tell other people how to live. There are a lot of self-help authors where I'd say the majority of them, that's their main goal is to try and get people, convince them over to their way of thinking. Their way is right. They have the one guaranteed method. And Jolenta and I wanted to make clear from the get-go in the book that that is not our goal. We're just trying to share our stories and our experiences. We're not trying to be a comprehensive catalog of every self-help book ever written. written. What we really want to do is just share our stories, living by the 50 self-help books that we've lived by, and tell you what worked or didn't for us. But if it works for you, that's fine. We're not trying to tell you you're wrong. If it worked for you, that's totally fine. But we're just trying to share our stories. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And basically to add to that, just like in looking at the self-help industry so much, um, just the sort of the idea that whenever something, someone, some message is telling you like you're flawed, like take a look at the message before you start working on yourself. Um, And like, don't jump to assuming you're the problem Uh, and like give yourself some credit and like, you know, you know what works for you, even if a book says it should change your life and it doesn't. Okay. Joe Lenza, this one might be for you, but maybe Kristen, you have thoughts. Um, We're asked for a professional opinion here. What does Frank say about the book? Frank. What do you say about the book? Okay. Listen, it's nice, but I don't like that they say you shouldn't get up only or you should sleep and do whatever you want to do with your body because I think you should get up early and walk your dog. So don't listen to your body. Listen to your doggy. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. So lots of questions asking you read a lot of self-help books and also we're in weird times where people are looking for a specific kind of advice they've never needed before. Are there any tips you picked up or any specific books that you find are helping you right now live through these times? And also lots of hugs and hearts for NYC in these uh, Q&A. Oh, thank you. Um, Kristen, I do have to jump in and say, you're going to love this, but I've been thinking a lot about uh, the simple act of gratitude lately. <gasps> Yay. Oh, this is one that Jolenta got dragged into also by this person. And um, I'm so glad to hear that because it it was one where Jolenta's like, oh, this is saccharine. Oh, rose-colored glasses. Uh." Oh, it was like, oh, a guy learns how to say thank you, pat him on the back. It made his life better. 
But just remembering the book talks about like thanking people you forget about. And in this time, I think we're forgetting about them less, but just let's make those things extra big, whether it's like, you know, writing a thank you note when you're ordering food online or, you know, in New York, at least everyone's opening their windows and clapping for essential workers at 7 p.m. And like the city goes crazy for a few minutes and it's just like all the gratitude all the time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And also, um, we lived by a book called Why Good Things Happen to Good People. And uh, it is about how we become happier when we do things that are kind, when we commit acts of kindness. Yes, it helps other people and it passes on, you know, goodness, but it also gives us an actual like endorphin happiness boost every time we're kind to others. And especially right now when a lot of us are feeling isolated or alone, just doing a little something to be kind, whether it's making a donation or reaching out to somebody who you know is feeling alone right now, um, trying to practice kindness in small ways because it's harder to do it in large ways right now can make us feel a little happier and also more connected. You know, one of the worst things is to feel alone right now, but we can feel more connected by being a little kinder to those around us. I love it. Um, as a slight pivot from kindness, we're going to go to courage. Christina says, thank you both for being so vulnerable and sharing your own deep truths. Kristen, I grew up in foster care and relate deeply to many of your experiences and really can't describe how deeply that made me feel less alone. So thanks for sharing that, Christina. Oh God, Christina. (laughs) Stop it. Her question is, how do you cultivate the courage to be so open and vulnerable with so many people like you do on your show? Well, I learned a lot of it from watching you, Jolenta. (laughs) Um, And I will say that the third episode of By the Book, we lived by a book called French Women Don't Get Fat. And that was the first episode where I really felt I opened up about something that I was scared to talk about, which was... Uh, my history of disordered eating. And uh, I just, I I had so many insecurities about that episode. Like, what are people going to think about me? Are they going to think I'm just like every other celebrity who comes out every single week on Twitter and is like, I have disordered eating. Well, Um, are they going to um, not take me or my story seriously? What what are they going to think? And um, I stayed up all night the night before that episode came out. And um, Jolenta reassured me, it's going to be fine. Um, we have really great listeners. I know this is only our third episode, but I can already tell our listeners are very kind. They're going to be just, you know, they're not going to be judgmental about this at all. And she was a hundred percent right. Um, within hours of that episode going live, we started getting so much mail. It started pouring in people saying, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I am somebody who doesn't feel comfortable talking about this either. Uh, This is part of my history. I also get tired of seeing skinny celebrities talk about the fact that they don't eat. And some of us are just regular people who are trying to make it through life. And this is our story. So thank you. And that opened the floodgates for me too. So that I realized after it was all done, oh my God, opening up didn't kill me. It actually gave me a beautiful place to land with my story. And um Ever since then, I've opened up more and more and more with things that are difficult and (laughs) some things that all of my friends and family know, but that I've never widely told people before. And it's because of Jolenta, it's because of that early experience with French women don't get fat and it's snowballed more and more. And 
one thing that I really appreciate is I believe the letter writer was named Jenny. She wrote in and said, I have a history much like yours. Um, I've had to live through abuse and live through a lot of the horrible things that you've lived through. And I used to look at people like you and just hate you and think, oh, those happy people, they've never gone through anything bad. But now I look at you and I think I can be one of the happy people too. And that's one of the greatest compliments I think I've ever received is people knowing that there is life after trauma and we can all be happy or I hope we can. This is from R. Higgins. Hello from Minnesota. I love you and your podcasts. How did you navigate between writing for people like me that have listened to every single episode and also writing for people that haven't listened at all yet? Good question. <laughs> um, for me, I don't know how Kristen did it, but I, I basically tried to imagine I was doing a stand-up set about my work, if that makes sense. So how do I concisely and hopefully entertainingly recap something that if you would heard it, it wouldn't be boring, or if you hadn't heard it, it would give you enough, entertain- uh, enough information and still be entertaining. That's sort of how I did it in my mind. Kristen, don't know how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure that we were making um, each chapter clear. If you hadn't heard the show, I didn't want people to feel like, oh God, I walked into a dinner party and I wasn't actually invited and no one's explaining what's happening here to me. So to me, it was really important that we made clear, you know, our stories and what happened, but also to fold in some things that listeners had never heard before. There are definitely bits and pieces in there that listen to the show you wouldn't know unless you read our book. So I felt it was important to make sure we added some of that as well. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. I just want to say you all are asking so many great questions, fast and furious. And if I don't get to yours, I'm sorry. Um, okay. Laura wants to know, what's the craziest thing you did as a result of the podcast? Oh, uh, we've done a lot of crazy things. I mean, other than throwing all my stuff, I made like my living room into a sex fort this season. Like, I don't know if I would have done that without the show. That's for sure. <laughs> this living room, I'm sitting in right now, guys. Oh. <laughs> Uh, somebody make a joke about video events (laughs) no no (laughs) I also would not have taken a bath with my husband and recorded it and we still hear about that all the time I I don't know if um, it's in a good way or a traumatizing way but we do hear from the listeners constantly about that bathtub scene It's like, I don't know if any of you are reality show fans, but it's very reminiscent of Tamara and Eddie in the bath uh, in Orange County Housewives. This one's from Madeline. We had so many husband questions. We're going to go with this one. Um, Joe Lenta, your story about popping Brad's neck pimple made me cry with laughter and also understanding. How did he feel about it being included in the book? And while this specific question is about Brad, we have tons of questions from so many readers and listeners who want to know, um, did your husbands ever imagine they'd play this kind of role in the show and how do you how do you navigate that you know talking about them since you're talking about your own lives a tough one brad yeah. how do you feel about the zit story in the book the one where i pop the zit on your neck and then in exchange i give you a bj yeah, it's, weird. No, it's weird. weird he says it's weird it's weird i told everyone but not unexpected no, no, no. no. <laughs> Want to say hi really quick or no? 
Hey, our Brad says hi. Hi, guys. Hey, Brad. Hi, Brad. <laughs> watching in the bedroom. Get out of here. Okay. Um, no. Uh, what was I going to say? So, yeah, he doesn't love it. But I think for me, especially, like, when we met, I was already a comedian. And so he he basically, like, became, like, stories about him uh, were quickly integrated into my act. That's a story I, I have a set uh, I do that has that story in it as well. So he's he's used to it, like sort of being put out there, not as permanently, I think. Um, but basically, he knows all bets are off unless he says otherwise. He'll be like, "Don't, don't record this," or like, "Don't put that in a in an act." Um, so he's he's sort of I've I've trained him to tell me when it's not allowed. Kristen, everybody wants to know is Dean home. I just want everybody to know that I that that I asked. <laughs> Dean is home, but he is still at work, which is the closet. We take turns being in the closet and being in this room that we're in right now. So um, he is in the closet right now, leading an all staff meeting. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> okay. Um, Jesse wants to know, do you have a go-to bit of advice now that you find yourself giving people frequently? Did it come from a book you've read or, or not? Go-to piece of advice. Oh, man. Man. Well, we always, Jolent and I have said long before this podcast that uh, therapy is great. Don't be afraid of therapy. Um, therapy has done wonders for me. It's done wonders for Jolenta. So um, that's something we tell people all the time. And, um, you know, the things we touched on earlier about gratitude and kindness, those are things that I say constantly to people, um, gratitude and kindness will get us further than waking up early or throwing out our stuff. So if you can only do a couple of good things (laughs) for yourself, uh, gratitude and kindness. And, um, one thing I also love about kindness is it's taking it out of your own, had a little bit because I think a lot of self-help books are all about like examine deeper, look more internally, uh, be more navel gazy, be more narcissistic. And sometimes what helps us more to get out of um, negative thinking cycles is to actually get out of our heads, to actually do good things for other people, to actually see that certain experiences are universal and not just individual. I think sometimes when people are going through tough things, the last thing they need to hear is like, just go deeper with your head because once in a while it will help us to say, oh, someone else has gone through this. This is part of what it means to be human. And knowing that there's a bigger world out there um, can make us feel better and trying to fix the world can make us feel better because sometimes what makes us hurt the most is a system that is set up against us, structural racism, uh, structural inequalities, all of those things, working on fixing those things can sometimes do more to help ourselves than waking up early. Well said. Janice's question touches on that a little bit. One thing you bring to the forefront is how books by men are often labeled leadership or business books, whereas books by women are labeled self-help. She asks, what do you think is the impact of this and how can we be a part of shifting it? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I mean, there are so many like studies about like, we trust men's voices more. And like when men say things, it comes from a place of authority. So it's about leadership and business and like, I don't know, whatever we associate with men. And for women, it's about like feelings and like that stuff we care about less. So self-help. It's, it's a tough one 
to to work on changing. Um, but like, look at, again, I think I said this before, look at where your advice is coming from, where your information is coming from. And like, don't be, don't feel like you're like hurting the system by questioning it. Like it's okay. You can learn just as much from things that suck and don't work too, but like take it all with a grain of salt. I don't even know where I'm going anymore with this answer, Kristen. (laughs) You're doing a great job, dear. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but it's hard. Yeah, I would say just look at where your information is coming from, and it and like don't don't be afraid to like speak up when the information or the messenger is flawed, and like at least let other people in your orbit know because like just like voicing opinions helps. Like even if they go against the status quo, like keep putting it out there. <laughs> Jolenta, that was so much fun. I could not believe um, if you saw the very tiny corner of the screen, hundreds of questions it seemed were being thrown at us very all fun times. Yeah. Yeah, we we obviously couldn't get to all the questions, but it was so fun answering the ones that we could get to. Very true. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break. And when we come back, we have one last question that a lot of listeners have asked us that we also got asked at our book launch party. And we'll also tell you the title of our debut book for season seven of the show. That is right. New book coming at you. So stay with us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. back with one last listener question about our book, How to Be Fine, that a lot of you have asked. You've asked on our Facebook community. You've asked um, in emails. You've asked us everywhere. So here it is. As Angela wrote it, I always figured you would write a book about your experiences, but I thought it would be called the By the Book book. How did you come up with How to Be Fine as your title? Did you consider any other titles? Ah, yes. Um, it was not originally called How to Be Fine. How to Be Fine was the title we um, switched over to. But Jolenta, do you want to explain what our working title was right. of the book? Our working title was You're Not Broken. Because we felt a lot of self-help books sort of write with the implied fact that like you are broken and need fixing. And we wanted to make sure our listeners know 
that we think people are awesome and like pretty great to begin with. And hopefully self-help improves your life and makes you feel better and doesn't tell you you're broken and you need to buy more shit to fix yourself. (laughs) Yes. But in the end, we ended up switching the title to be How to Be Fine because we thought that there was a chance that people wouldn't necessarily understand from the title if they hadn't ever listened to our show before, if they weren't familiar with um, the work that we do. So um, we thought How to Be Fine would have um, broader appeal. And also, we think it speaks to the self-help industry, which, you know, so many of the books out there are like, how to be the happiest, how to to be the most productive. How to be the most, the best, the first, the top. And we're like, no, 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 let's shoot for fine. Yeah, fine is good enough. Because some promises are not real. (laughs) Yes, yes. We don't need to be the absolute optimized best at every single thing. And it's fine to be fine. We're fine being fine. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where we got our title. Yes. Huge thanks to everyone who attended the original virtual book launch party that Anne Bogle hosted. Huge thanks to Anne Bogle for throwing that party. Huge thanks to everybody who's bought our book, who's written in about our book, who's written reviews for our book. Oh my gosh, you may not realize it, but those book reviews mean just a ton to other totally. people who are looking at you know the shelves. They don't know what to read. Um, so it means a lot to have all those good reviews. So thank you to everyone who's written those reviews also. And be sure to check out Ann Bogle's podcast. It's called What Should I Read Next? And check out her blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy. And don't forget to check out her new book, Don't Overthink It. All books, all the time. If you're into books, you got to check out Ann's work. Yes, check out Ann's stuff. Oh, and Kristen, now it's time. <gasps> it is. It's time when we announce the debut book for Season 7 of Buy the Book. Our next book is... The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning, How to Free Yourself and Your Family from a Lifetime of Clutter by Margareta Magnusson. Do you have to be dead to do this kind of cleaning? Do you have to be Swedish? And what if being gentle isn't a strong suit of yours? (laughs) Listen in two weeks to find out. That's it for this bonus episode of By the Book. Huge, huge thank you to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie, Jared O'Connell, and Andy Christens. Also, huge, huge thank you to our executive producer, Daisy Rosario, and Chris Bannon, who's Stitcher's chief content officer. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, to Gerald Arnold, who arranged this season's version of the theme song, and to our very own Nora Ritchie, who performs the song and always does it so beautifully. Please stay in touch. Send us questions, thoughts, suggestions for books to live by. Email us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com. Tweet at us at ByTheBookPod. Hit us up on Instagram or just look at our sweet pics also at ByTheBookPod. And of course you can leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll play it on another episode of the show. Call us at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Also, if you have not already, please join the Facebook community. There's always interesting conversations going on there about the books we've lived by. And of course, there are always pictures of animals in clothes. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Pod. Don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And of course, tell all your friends about the show. Grab their phone, subscribe to buy the book on their phone so they don't even have time to turn down. 
Just do it. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I am Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Can you repeat that? What? Did you just respond to my question? Hello? Stitcher. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.